0: Let's enjoy today's message by Sam at DME. All right. Thank you, Lord. Let's read Matthew 23, verse 15, New Living Translation. Matthew 23, 15, New Living Translation. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, For you cross land and sea to make one convert, and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell you yourselves are. (laughs) You may be wondering, why did Jesus use such strong words? It's because it pained him to see leaders using their influence in a bad way. Our theme for this month is the Influencer the influencer. We're going to be discussing strategies, basic principles for building your influence and for using your influence. So please pay attention. Okay. (laughs) I've been through it. I'm still going through the process. Okay. You can come from having no influence or little influence to having a lot of influence and having the capacity to change your world to change. Okay. To change your world for the better. So We will be discussing the strategies, but I am inspired to start from where we would normally end. So, this is a prophetic message, so it may hit hard. Let me warn your head. (laughs) So, we want to discuss how to be an influencer, but the big question I want us to ask for a start is, Will you be a good influencer or a bad one? Why did Jesus speak so sharply to the Pharisees? They were bankrupting people morally. They were morally bankrupt and they were bankrupting people morally. So Jesus said, Jesus described the amount of effort they put into making one disciple. But he said they were so effective in their influence methods that they would make the person twice the child of hell as they were. I believe that one of the greatest regrets people are going to have about the life they lived is the influence that they had on other people. Honestly, we're not going to lose our memories. From the description that Jesus gave us, we will remember the life that we lived after we have left this world. And people are going to be rewarded or they're going to be punished. People are going to be happy or they're going to be sad. And I believe that one of the things that will make people sad after this life will be reflecting over the bad influence that they had over other people. Jesus told us the story of a very wealthy man and the poor man that that used to stay at his gate and the kind of lives they lived and how both of them died. Come on end to the powerful and the powerless, to the rich and the poor. But then there was a conversation between the man who had been wealthy and Father Abraham, Luke 16 verses 27 and 28, New Living Translation. Luke 16, 27 and 28, New Living Translation. Then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home, for I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. Wow. This guy obviously had influence over his other brothers. He was well-to-do. Perhaps he was even the firstborn in the family, but he realized he had been a bad influence over his brothers and he was wishing he could change that. Please bear in mind that you are created for influence. It was on God's mind from scratch. Genesis 1, 27 and 28, New Living Translation. Genesis 1, 27 and 28. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scourge along the ground. That's remarkable. You were born for influence, born to influence your environment, born to influence this world for good. In verse 28, the Bible says, of Genesis 1, the Bible says, And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. It's amazing. Rule over it. It says, subdue it. Rule over it. Have dominion over it. It's amazing. We're born for influence. Something went wrong. Yes, man sinned against God. And then God sent Jesus to die for us on the cross to pay for our sins. And now we are born again. And I want to say that you are born again for influence. <laughs> Mark sixteen fifteen New Living Translation. And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Wow. Jesus is matching others to you. You can influence the world positively. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, New Living Translation. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So you're Influence is actually designed to grow from local to national to global. Hallelujah. (laughs) Matthew 28, verse 20, New Living Translation. You are born again to influence. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, New Living Translation. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Can you imagine? Go and make disciples of all nations, of all people, groups, be an influencer. Every disciple of Jesus Christ has therefore been recruited into the business of influence. You have capacity to affect the state of a person, a place, or a thing. You do. You don't leave people or things the way you meet them. Matthew 4, verse 19, New Living Translation. Matthew 4, 19. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. These people had been in the fishing business for Survivor. And Jesus said, there's a higher calling on your life to influence people because that is how you change the world. So I ask you again, will you be a good influencer or a bad one? Isaiah 9, verse 16, New Living Translation. Isaiah 9, 16, for the leaders of these people have misled them. They have led them down the path of destruction. This is God lamenting. This is God lamenting about the work that influencers were doing in our world. The leaders of these people have misled them. They have led them down the path of destruction. Families, organizations, and nations cannot rise beyond the quality of their values, the principles, the standards that influence their decisions and their behavior. If you don't have strong values, you're not likely to prosper on a sustainable basis. Either as an individual, or as a family, or as an organization, or as a nation. When God brought biblical Israel out of Egypt in the biblical story, they had been a nation of slaves, okay? That's the story. And then the first thing you see God do is that he gives them a moral code. He gives them new values. Love God. Very important. Don't worship wood. What you worship determines your worth because you are created in the image of who you worship. Don't worship any other God. And then he says this has to translate to how you relate with yourselves because every other person is created in my image. Don't steal, don't lie, don't kill. Don't covet what belongs to somebody else. Rest on the seventh day was a moral code. When they kept it, they prospered. They flourished. When they didn't, they suffered. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1, New Living Translation. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. Can you see that? we rise or fall to the quality of our values. So God is concerned about the use of influence by leaders, beginning from his house, beginning from his house, (laughs) okay? His own people are supposed to have the highest quality values in the world. And as long as they do, He says they will prosper more than every other people group. So God's always been concerned about the leadership. First, in his house and the leadership provided by members of his family in the world. Prophets have great influence on people because they are accepted as God's mouthpieces. But some prophets in the Bible were bad influencers. Jeremiah 23, verses 15 to 18, New Living Translation. Jeremiah 23, 15 to 18. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm making the Bible to do the preaching today, okay? (laughs) Therefore, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says concerning the prophets. I will feed them with bitterness and give them poison to drink. For it is because of Jerusalem's prophets that wickedness has filled this land. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says to his people. Do not listen to these prophets when they prophesy to you, filling you with futile hopes. They are making up everything they say. They do not speak for the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise my word, don't worry, the Lord says you will have peace. And to those who stubbornly follow their own ways or their own desires, they say, no harm will come your way. Have any of these prophets been in the Lord's presence to hear what he's really saying? Has even one of them cared enough to listen wow so god says listen when people do not align their lives with the values with the standards (laughs) that i have set you can't be preaching to them and telling them hey everything will be okay your life will turn around it won't happen okay (laughs) so god was complaining that's bad influence who sent these guys why are they saying what they're saying And that's why I want us to examine the leadership in God's house and the kind of leadership we provide to the whole society itself. We've come to such a time when positive influence is desperately needed in our world. And it's got to begin from God's house. Jeremiah 23, verses 28 and 29, New Living Translation. Jeremiah 23, 28 and 29. Let these false prophets tell their dreams. But let my true messengers faithfully proclaim my every word. There is a difference between straw and grain. Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes the rock to pieces? Hallelujah. So this is it. (laughs) We said something during our Excellence in Leadership Conference. The arrival of the original is the burial of the fake. This is not a time for those that stand for the values of Jesus Christ to keep silent or to hide or to be cowardly. This is not the time. God says, let the people that I am speaking to, that are keeping my word, let them also speak up. And then I'm going to show the difference. I'm going to show the difference because my word is fire. It will consume the faith. He says, my word is like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. It will shatter. The fake. Amen. (laughs) Are you going to be a good influencer or a bad influencer? God will always empower those that want to use their influence positively. Africans have suffered long enough. It is true, not false hopes, that will set us free. I know that religious leaders have great influence in Africa. I know. And nothing shows that influence even more poignantly than the fact that religious leaders right now ask people to do crazy things and they do them. Ask people to drink petrol, ask people to eat grass. (laughs) I saw somebody stand in, in a barrel of water I mean, he was in the water himself and they were singing praise and worship. The worship team was singing and he was taking a cup and dipping into the barrel of water where he was standing and he was giving people to drink and they were drinking it. Religious leaders have phenomenal influence in Africa. But now we need to use that influence for good. We must dig into our history. We must dig into our history. Israel, that biblical Israel that moved from Egypt to the promised land, had leaders before Moses showed up. They had leaders. When Moses got there with his brother Aaron, they sent for the leaders of the children of Israel. The only problem was those leaders themselves were slaves. Slaves can't lead slaves out of slavery. You need free people. And that's the reason why Moses was moved by God out of the slave camp so that he could develop a different software and the capacity to imagine Canaan. He had not been the same physically, but he had the capacity to conceptualize it. We need to move Africa into that dimension where we can conceptualize a new dimension, a new world. The software or template required to create and to run developed economies is different from what we've been used to. So the salvation experience, being forgiven our sins, and having God change our nature is the foundation. That is the foundation. But we must not stop there. The renewal of the mind, the changing of the software... Is the real objective. Let me show you from scriptures and we we pray. Galatians 3, 1, New Living Translation. Galatians 3, 1, New Living Translation. Paul the Apostle speaks to Galatians who have already accepted Jesus Christ. He says, oh foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. The transformation point is that Christ hanging on the cross because he took our sins so that we could be free. All the consequences of sin he took so that we could be free. And now Paul says, they are preaching a wrong kind of gospel to you guys. When you get to please read it. Read the first two chapters. They are preaching the wrong kind of gospel to you guys. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? And what he is calling evil spell is the product of preaching. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> Pay attention to that. And then I add this verse, Galatians four, verses one and two, New living translation. Galatians four, one and two, new living translation. Think of it this way: If a father dies and leaves on an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. Even though they actually own everything their father had, they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. That's remarkable. So this is Africa's experience right now. We've experienced the salvation, fine. But Paul is saying you can't stay there. This child owns everything, but he's still behaving like a slave because he doesn't, he can't use his mind at a particular level yet. He says his father puts him under tutors and guardians. So that's the question I want to ask you. So who's your tutor? Who's your guardian? Be careful who is teaching you. Be careful who you're listening to. Right now, we need a different kind of education. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 2 to 22 and, uh, to 24, when you go to read it. Paul the Apostle says, the Jews seek for science, the Greeks seek for uh, wisdom. Those are two philosophies, ideological foundations that drive our world. The Jews seek for science, the part of the world that believes in miracles, the supernatural. The Greeks seek for wisdom, the part of the world that believes in logic. Okay, so he says, the two, you tell them about Jesus Christ, It sounds foolish to them. he said, but unto us that are saved, Christ is both the wisdom of God and the power of God. You know the amazing thing I found out? You become a Christian, the culture you've evolved from determines the part of God that appeals to you. The miracle and supernatural part or the logic part. And both of them are in Christ. When you mature in Christ, he gives you the part that your culture did not give you. For the African, it is the logic part, the use of the mind. For the people that come from the part of the world that value logic, it's the fact that the human mind cannot solve every problem. Sometimes you need God's intervention and you need a miracle. Amen. The African must value the mind and value knowledge. Amen. (laughs) Oh, yes. So, we cannot give a... uh, Religion as an excuse right now for failing. We can't even become too passionate about religions that came from different parts of the world. The most important thing is a vital personal relationship with God where you're curious and you research and you get to know God more and more for yourself. So let me say this. If you are not genuinely passionate about finding creative ways to improve the human condition to the point of sacrificing for it, you don't really know God. The most religious countries should be the most loving and the most empowering. Love is the way to development. It is love that should influence our vision so that we see people, places, and things the way they've never been before. It is love that should dictate our values of honesty, in our dealings with one another of kindness, of generosity, of innovation. It is love that should fuel our values. It is love that should shape our policies and laws so we protect human dignity and protect human life. It is love that should shape our behavior. It is love that should shape our economy. So let me ask you, was Jesus Christ a conformist or a catalyst? Did he adapt? to the state of his world, or did he transform the state of his world? If you're a true follower of Jesus Christ, remember he says you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. Be a catalyst for change. Let me ask you finally, again, will you be a good influencer or a bad one? I pray for God to bless you, empower you, anoint you, as you make up your mind to be a good influencer. It will give you opportunities, resources, and promotion beyond your wildest imagination. Can you just say a prayer for a few seconds? Lord God of heaven, help me to be a good influencer. Help me to be a good influencer. Deliver me from every temptation to use my influence for evil. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful. We're grateful for everyone that said this prayer. And we ask right now, let your power rest on everyone. Let your power rest on everyone that is a part of this service right now, either physically at any of our locations or online or on TV. Let your power rest on that person that just prayed, that wants you to use them as a positive influencer. Open doors for them. Give them wisdom, creative wisdom. Empower them like never before and promote them beyond their wildest imagination. And Father, let them, help them to win. Help every single one of us to win over every temptation to use our influence for evil. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for that person who says, but I don't even have a relationship with God. I know I'm a sinner. I want God to forgive me, because that's why Jesus died. Thank you, Father, because you're willing to do that. And if you're that honest person, can you put your hand on your heart? Let's say this prayer together. Say this prayer after me, please. Dear God, I believe that Jesus paid for my sins. And I ask you to forgive me in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray for you that the power of God will rest on you. I pray that God will help you to know him personally and teach you to love him and other people the rest of your life. In Jesus' name. Amen.